Second South African doing great things. We've got Amanda uh, Robana. She's a 20-year-old BCom accounting student from NMMU. She's recently been uh, nominated for the, uh, for the seventh annual Girls 20 Summit. Uh, Amanda, good evening and thank you very much for joining us. And thank you for having me. <laughs> so congratulations on your selection to represent South Africa at the Girls 20 Summit, which is going to be in Beijing in China uh, later on. Well, actually, thank it's you. next thank month. You. So what yes. is, for those who don't know, what is the Girls 20 Summit? Okay, the Girls 20 Summit is a unique opportunity that is offered to girls in different countries between the ages of 18 to 23. And then what we do is selected, for instance, I'm representing South Africa, and then we are responding to the challenges that are aimed at increasing female labor force participation mm -hmm. because that is one of the G20 aims that by 2025, we want to create 100 million jobs for women around the world. So as a South African, I'm going there to represent South Africa, respond to challenges that women in South Africa face, and then come back and um, make a post-summit initiative that will be in direct response to such challenges that I may have identified. What are the various issues that are affecting young girls and women around the world? What are the prevailing issues that um, need to be, need to be uh, tackled so that there are better opportunities for, for young girls and women? All right. And um, the main issues are the stigma around women in high positions and the fact that you, you, you have to somewhat prove yourself over and above having the academic qualifications, over and above having the competence to do the work. And so young girls are constantly being belittled and having to prove themselves in ways that are far more than men in, in various fields. So the main thing is to bring back, bridge that gap and increase female labor force participation mm. by allowing such girls to take part in the economy. Mm. And when you get to the G20 summit next month and they, you know, so now we're sharing experiences around, you know, what are the specific challenges in each country? What do you think are some of the pressing challenges for South African women and girls? And the pressing challenges, of course, for South African girls is the teenage pregnancy that we're facing mm -hmm. currently and also um, the, the increase of dropouts in varsity in high school as well. Mm. So we want to bring back girls into, give dignity to those girls and also bring them to that hope that they can make something out of themselves. So we did this by um, creating a, an organization called Anagona whereby we go to girls and between grade nine to grade 11, and then we provide workshops for them, mentorship for them, so that they can participate and be mentored to become better versions of themselves. You're one of the founding members of the organization called uh, You Can Foundation. It's a non-profit organization targeted at empowering and mentoring young girls. Can you tell us a bit more how this came about and why you felt there was a need for it? Okay, um, I was part of the Alan Gray Orbis Foundation and as part of the programs that we had to partake in there, we had to respond to inefficiencies around us and find solutions to those. So me and my fellow Alan Gray friend um, came up with, because of our passion for women and passion for South African girls, especially township girls, we found it fitting that we create such a vibrant community whereby girls are actually mentored by university students so that they would bridge that gap and that jump from high school to varsity. So the main thing um, around UCAN Foundation, which has now evolved to Anagona, is that we provide mentorship and workshops for those girls. Mm.
And in terms of um, what happens after the G20 summit, so you say, you know, you guys are going to be meeting over the, the 8th and the 9th of August next month. Um, yes. So what then becomes the, because often the, I think a lot of people have a bit of cynicism about summits in that mm. um, some mm. people say, well, it's just a, a talk shop. Uh, mm. People meet and they chat and, and then, you know, what happens after that? What is the deliverable? So I'm very interested mm. to know, you know, after the summit, the Girls 20 summit, where do the outcomes, where do the concerns, uh, where mm. do they go and, and what happens to them? All right. Well, we, we do what is called a post-summit initiative, whereby as the, it can be an already existing initiative that is di- in direct response to such challenges that we have discussed in the summit. So as I've mentioned, I'm already involved in Anagona. So that is the way that I'll be paying it forward. So as post the summit, it's to grow the, the foundation and also be that voice and use the skills that I would have lent in the summit to grow that foundation and make it a better version of what it is already. Speaking to Amanda Robana, a 20-year-old BCom student, accounting student at Nelson Mandela Metropolitan University. She's been uh, nominated as, the, as, as a representative for South Africa at the 7th Annual Girls uh, 20 Summit that will be held in Beijing on the 8th and 9th of August. Um, Amanda, just as from a, a, a male perspective, we know that it's a, it's a woman-driven yeah. initiative, which is a great thing because <laughs> yes. it's independent. But what, can, what would you say uh, men can do to support the kind of structures that you are, are trying to endorse to help young women and, uh, young women and uh, girls who are in a disadvantaged position because of structural inequalities? Mm-hmm. Well, the main thing, this whole entire thing is a mindset thing and based on the evolving world and also the changes that are occurring in the 21st century. So the main thing is for them to support us and to value us and to take what, to take us seriously so that when we come up with such ideas, with such initiatives, they don't see it as a way of bashing them or to be mean to them, but rather support us and join us in the movement because as soon as they also speak up together with us, Mm. then we can make this world a better place. That's a fantastic narrative there. And um, do you have any siblings? Um, Yes, I have two little brothers. (laughs) Um, They're way younger than me. Um, um, Their names are Ayanda and Aluna Mita. That's fantastic. And what other support have you gotten from your family? Has there been negative or positive support from your family? What was their reaction to it when they found out you've just uh, become nominated for such an auspicious uh, position? Yo, my family was very excited for me, especially since this was a very difficult year for me because I've always been an overachiever. I've always been, you know, number one. And for the first time, I failed and I had to repeat an entire year. Mm. I was not graduating. So there was a bit of... Um, I felt, even though they may not have said it, I felt a bit of disappointment in them. So the fact that I was able, again, to make something and achieve something meaningful meant a lot to them. And, you know, their support has been amazing, a tremendous amount of support. And so they were excited for me and very supportive along the way as well. Like recently, I went to apply for a visa and they have been with me Mm. every step of the way. Mm. And in terms of then your other plans, so, uh, I mean, there's the the work you do with your foundation uh there'll be you know the work that comes out of the g20 summit um but you've also graduated with uh, um, a bcom accounting degree from nmmu uh what are your no. other no it's not no, B- i haven't yet graduated so that's what i was saying that ah, you're still is, studying repeating third year 
Ah, okay. I'm thirty years this year, so I'm in my final year now. Mm-hmm. So that is why this is so big for me because being the person that I am, I feel like it's a way of showing the world that no matter how hard you may be knocked down or mm. you may feel like you've you've lost in life, the the things that meant a lot to you. You can pick yourself up and achieve something big because this is very huge for me. It's my first international conference. I've never been involved in anything like this. It's my first flight internationally. So it's such a, a big achievement in that sense. And do you think then, I mean, speaking of failure, one of the big things around uh, young people and I guess their development in this country is the, the kind of emphasis we put on matric results for instance oh. so I always get the sense this is just my opinion we kind of ignore young people until it's time to matriculate and matric matric then becomes the deal breaker you know you make or break it and and often the narrative how I read it anyway is that you know it becomes about well well done to the people who've worked hard and they've passed matric mm-hmm. and the people mm-hmm. who don't pass we assume they didn't work hard um and then it becomes well well you'll be okay too but it's it's you know there isn't we're not affirming when people Mm. fail as then well you can go back you could potentially try again and do you think there's perhaps room for us to change in how we speak about you know if you need to repeat a year it's not the end of the world do it go back improve your results if you can Uh, go back repeat matric or whatever subjects you didn't do well in but keep going as opposed to while you failed matric that's it Absolutely. And if you may look um, at the way we've structured even our foundation, you'll see that it's from grade 9 to grade 11. We don't include matrix because there's so much attention that's placed on matrix. And that's why we feel the need to take them at that tender age before they even, because I I also went to a local school and in grade 9 I didn't even know what I wanted to be. Mm. So just to groom them from that age and be that, that, that motivation to them, have that mentor that's already in varsity that's being where you are and have the mentor before you even reach matric so that by the time you're in matric, you're already ex- equipped with the skills that will then when the world, the entire world is looking at you, then you can be better equipped to, to do well. I absolutely love the narrative that speaks to uh, your first failure and the perceived failure that that it's just mm-hmm. the end. And um, obviously, the, the the organization you work with looks at working with um, who, people who are underprivileged and have found the, and themselves at a situation, an obstacle that might have actually uh, made made them give up. So I think mm-hmm. the, this the essence of what I wanted to ask is. How exactly can we mold um, different mindsets in terms of, of, of those kind of things, in terms of how we think about perceived failure? Where mm-hmm. do you start when you've hit that rock bottom and you're like, what do I do now? How do you get that self-determination and get back up again? What would you say to people who find themselves in situations like that? Um, the main thing you, you need to do and the main thing that I've learned that I did for myself is to actually first face it head on, cry as much as you need to cry, um, go for a jog, break something, deal with it and be done. When you're done dealing with it, if you're done crying, be like, you know what, now I'm done crying and I'm looking for a way forward. Mm-hmm. And you do that in your own space because usually people look at failure and then they don't first deal with it. They don't face the music. So first deal with it and be clear in your mind that, you know what, I'm done crying about this. It's over. It's done. I'm not graduating. And then from there on with a clear head, move on and see what else can I do? Where can I move from here? Because once you've you've cleared the fact that I've dealt with it, I've cried about it, then you can move on in a a clearer mind. That's 
Yeah. Nine minutes before 10 o'clock, we're joined on the line by our, South Af- our second South African doing great things. Amanda Hobana, the South African representative for the G20 Summit, the Girls Summit, to be hosted in Beijing in China next month. And we're taking your calls on 011-883-0702-021-446-0567. Also keen to hear your thoughts on what you think the most pressing challenges for young women and girls in this country are. And you can SMS us on 31702 and 31567 or send us your WhatsApps. That's on 063 and tweet us at Radio 702 and at Cape Talk. 702 and Cape Talk. Night Talk. Amanda, there was a youth survey done recently by Gibbs which looked at uh, young people's perceptions or their sense of optimism around the country, but also what they thought government needed to know about young people. And there were some very yeah. interesting responses that looked at, so, you know, young people saying they're not really looking for handouts, they're looking for opportunities, mm. they're looking for information so they can do it themselves, that despite mm. all the various challenges, uh, young people are actually quite optimistic um, yeah. and they're quite keen to get involved and get to work. And when we look at the various, and there are many, I mean, that's the one thing we could give uh, the government said there are many youth interventions, but what do you think the government needs to understand about young people, particularly young women who have a you know quite a unique experience of growing up and living in this country? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the government needs to to understand that um, women want um, to be something, you know, and also understand that there's already a lot that women are doing in their own space. I remember earlier in the year, I I had a talk where I was actually talking about even the effect of accounting in the small businesses. You find that small businesses like your vendors, your street vendors, don't have um, enough bookkeeping systems. So the government needs to understand that women are very practical about things and also um, enable them to show that side of themselves, that you give us a practical um, kind of ideas to do because just giving us handouts and workshops is not enough. So have a clear initiative or allow us to come up with our own clear initiative that we can run ourselves. Because even in growing our foundation, it's hard to get funding. It's hard to get to be heard by the government. They need to, before they think they they know what we want, come to small organizations that are still studying up and ask us about the already, um, you know, available initiatives that we've started. What do you think about, um, you know, as you're saying uh, that, the, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of the times in uh, corporate environments, um, there's this narrative that says that think like a, uh, what is it, think like a man and um, be like, what is it, <laughs> act like a woman and think like a man. What do you like think about man, that yes. really? Because it's, it's, assume, it's assuming that uh, if you act like a man, you're going to surpass mm. that. Whereas it's just about saying mm. that, you know, if you get into those kind of positions, which men have access to, uh, then you'll be better. What do you think about that whole idea of, and the self-determination of women coming specifically from women and not from a male identity? Well, for me, I do support that idea. And for the fact that you, you, you can't be soft in this world. You can't, you can't be too feminine and too soft. And you do need to act like a man in that instance. So my, the main thing, though, that you need to understand is that it's a, it's a mindset thing. It's not a thing that someone else puts to you. As long as you know you are the one that's decided to think like a man. And it's not someone else um, sort of like, telling you to act that way then you can because in this day and age that we're in we are in the evolving times so and um, uh, the future generation can sort of like uh, 
let that slide when we've won this female labor force participation battle. But for now, you need to think like a man because the way structures are already set up for now, the men are ruling. And in order for you to get in there, you must think like them and surpass them. So then the question then is, there is there room for femininity in the professional and corporate world? Is there, because you, you find that a lot of businesswomen and women in general mm. are very, have high levels of intuition. So that comes mm. into strategy and depth and it, it makes them a bit more, much more successful when it's a level mm. playing ground. Is there uh, space for those uh, female, women, the female attributes like intuition and femininity itself? Yes, definitely, definitely. That's why you must strike a balance. Let me just put mm. it that way. You must strike a balance. You need, I believe you need that side that's tough, think like a man. But also in order to do it perfectly, you must balance it with that feminine side, intuition. Because once you strike that balance, then it's all, it works like magic. <laughs> Thank you very much. This is our second South African doing great things. The South African representative to the Girls 20 Summit to be hosted in China next month. Amanda Hobana joining us on the line this evening. Thank you.